Hey guys, welcome to Dubai on the block. So today's topic is going to be, I'd say, slightly different as we are going to discuss another city which is uh, benefiting quite a lot um, from the technological revolution and from ICT and new technology uh, and then everything which is digital. So we're going uh, we're going to talk a bit um, about um, Sofia. Uh, which is the capital of Bulgaria. I should rather say Sofia because this is how it's pronounced uh, uh, in English. And then uh, in today's episode, uh, wh- what we're going to discuss really is the um, residential real estate market in Sofia. So we're going to go and then we're going to uh, have a look at um, essentially w- what is the residential market in Sofia and is it worth for you to, to make... Uh, uh, to make an investment over there. So the reason why I'm doing this podcast is very simple. I'm, um, as some of you may know, I do have uh, a. Uh, fa- I'm actually part of a family-owned company uh, that manages my family, uh, my family wealth. And then, with my brother, we go and then we look for, um, we look for investment opportunities, so we can obviously grow our portfolio. We can grow, uh, you know, our exposure to various markets, and then we can safeguard the financial future of uh, ourselves, our parents, our kids, and so on and so forth. The reason why I invest is pretty simple. We are, you know, we are willing to be financially independent, no matter what the circumstances in the global economy is. This is our this is our first goal. Second, we want to positively impact. Uh, our community and then the community for us has got a rather large definition simply because you know we live in different countries we travel in different countries we interact with different people so we want to be a force for good for the society for the environment so on and so forth Uh, no matter how little our contributions can be at the moment they will grow um, with time anyway so let me take you through the agenda today first what we're gonna do is we're gonna look at um, uh, real estate investments versus stock investments so what are the benefits and disadvantages of each and every single one of those then we're gonna look at the different methods of valuing real estate Um, then we're gonna look at um, what is the, the, the the real estate in uh, market in Sofia, in, in Sofia rather, uh, in Bulgaria. Then we're gonna go through to quite a few um, statistics, and then uh, eventually we, we we're gonna kind of share with you what is our um, what is our investment recommendation to ourselves and then to our board of director, which eventually includes a couple of other people. Um, and then uh, we're going to share what is our action plan and then on my blog you can also see what is the you know you can also see a calculator that i've built that incorporates various investment scenarios as well as a stress testing there's going to be an article about that so uh, don't you worry you can go and have a look at it and then also i'm intending to do a youtube video because um, the process, the process of learning for me about uh, investing in in real in real estate is, I mean, it's a journey really. I thought that it's something rather simple, but uh, I can just say that it took me about two weeks to come up with the presentation that I'm essentially uh, sharing via voice with you right now. So if I go and I look at um, 
uh, real estate versus uh, stock investments. Let's first look at the benefits of uh, of real estate. So, uh, one of the uh, one of the big uh, positives about investing in real estate is that in most cases. Uh, lenders are willing to, to offer you leverage so essentially you can go uh, as a physical person or as a company in our case and then eventually ask for uh, a mortgage in order to purchase a be it a residential, be it commercial, uh, be it a, a, an office property. It also gives you the opportunity to, to, to own a real asset so this is where it gets way easier for, for many people. Um, because you actually possess something, you can go and touch it and uh, and feel it. It it makes um, the process probably easier than and then easier to understand rather I would say than traditional stock investments. Then the other thing that it does kind of offer is cash flow, right? Uh, this is one of the um, this is one of the greatest benefits of real estate investment because you can go and then you can eventually have your cash flow on a monthly basis on a monthly basis should your property be rented and then many people fail to understand that there is a um, that there is also a vacancies right but that's that's part of the game then it gives you a position of control once you own your property and then you have um, then you have the opportunity to do all the uh, refurbishment that you want you can do the design that you think is most relevant to the market you can pretty much do anything that you want with it in order to bring more value to your future tenants as long as you respect the you know as long as you respect the local laws and regulations then also real estate tends to be an asset class where you have lower market volatility so for example if i um if i look at the specific case uh, of sofia in, in in bulgaria even in 2008 when the um, property crash happened most of the well-located properties uh, in, in the capital city lost no more than 30-35% of their value of course then if I look at the benefits of stocks right so stocks are obviously much more liquid investments so they give you the, the, the opportunity to go and buy something on an exchange transfer it to a digital account and basically you forget it. Most of stocks, not most, actually all of stocks, they're um, professionally managed by an executive committee and then board of directors. There are many rules and regulations to be listed on an exchange that make sure that the business is actually legit and it's um, on that exchange for, uh, for, for the sole purpose of uh, raising capital. Um, there's a lot of public information on stocks, right? You can find news stories, you can uh, uh, probably check with your brokerage provider to, to, to get research reports on certain stock, on a certain sector. Um, in most cases, uh, the reality is that uh, stocks over a longer period of time, they do have better performance. But that is true for developed markets where there's uh, less volatility, of the currency and so on and so forth. Then you have uh, transparent regulation and you have way lower transaction fees. That's something um, that many people underestimate when they go and then they look at uh, uh, real estate, right? Because they go and, and they think that acquiring a property is actually easy, whereas in most cases it's, it's, uh, it's first daunting task that requires way more time than simply investing in stocks. 
and then also it requires uh, a lot of uh, a lot of funds but this is something that uh, that we're gonna see a little further down in in our uh, presentation how much does it actually cost to acquire property uh, in uh, Sofia and then in Bulgaria as a whole so uh, let's go further down and then discuss what are the methods of valuing real estate so there is no there is no right uh, or wrong one but then let me share just the three most uh, kind of common ones that I have found through my research in the internet and then I am actually using not myself personally but the but our company BMG Capital uses to um, to look at the other properties that we have so there's something called uh, a cap rate right so the the cap rate is attention your annual net income divided by the property value um, in the UK and then in some other countries this is also known as rental yield so here what is important to understand and differentiate rather is the fact that the net income doesn't equal your gross income so your gross income is something which is essentially your monthly rent in most cases on the top of any property appreciation if there is any however your net income is your monthly or your annual rent, rent minus or your maintenance cost or your tax or your unexpected uh, kind of fees or your refurbishment also uh, I would potentially include all the vacancies that you may occur right so second method is the so-called build-up method essentially this evaluates how much does it cost to, to, to build the same property today including cost of interest cost of land acquisition and cost of uh, all the building permission costs right and then there is a third method that you may want to use when you're looking at um, evaluating a property which is the so-called gross rent multiplier right so this is the total number of rents that a property can produce what I must say about the last method of uh, evaluating a property is that this is a rather approximative um, you know method of evaluating a property because it doesn't kind of uh, take into consideration how well the property is maintained and it also doesn't really take into consideration how you know how rent prices can eventually um, change going further so uh, let me tell you a few things that I kind of found about real estate in in Sofia and, and in Bulgaria so it seems to offer possibility of capital appreciation driven by both local economic and population growth which is kind of sustainable and then uh, I'll share the statistics in a moment with you and then also they'll be available on my YouTube channel as well as on my blog it took me quite a while to gather those so you better look at them then also an investment in Sofia can benefit from the huge infrastructure spent in the Bulgarian capital so if we look at the infrastructure spent in the whole of Bulgaria I think that Sofia gets more than 45% of that this is largely driven by EU funds going to to you know going to the country and then going to the capital more particularly over the last eight years they have managed to build two metro lines the third one is almost finished they also managed to to build a circle road 
around um, around the, essentially the city center and, and the bigger part of Sofia, they managed to renew most of the public transportation system, um, you know, renew and refurbish the streets, etc., etc., etc. A real estate in uh, uh, in Sofia in Bulgaria also offers an euro-denominated cash flow uh, with a bigger rental yield. Uh, why it is euro-denominated? Simply because the Bulgarian currency, the Bulgarian lev, is pegged to the euro, and then all your deposits are guaranteed by the central bank. Each and every lev in circulation is packed by euro held as a deposit or as a fixed income security by the Bulgarian central bank. Also, an investment in real estate in Sofia can benefit from booming tourism, uh, which is driven by you know growing air traffic. And then I'm gonna show, uh, I'm gonna show you the numbers. I'm gonna share rather the numbers with you over the podcasts, and then uh, the tra- the whole material is going to be available both from my blog and then my YouTube channel. Then you can go, uh, 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 you can, you know, when you look at real estate at the moment in Sofia, you need to understand the fact that it is um, um, a difficult point of entry right now because we are at probably uh, the peak, if not the peak, not far from the peak of the economic of the economic cycle. So it will be difficult to find, uh, uh, you know, to find the, the the right property at the right price at the moment also um, there are a lot of institutional players in uh, in Sofia at the moment that mainly invest in industrial in office and some of them in kind of high-end residential property buildings as the city is seeing its first kind of modern era skyscrapers being built at the moment as we speak uh, another important point to note is the fact that uh, real estate investment in Sofia offers higher liquidity than other real estate holdings in Bulgaria. So let's start looking at the statistics. I, I, um, as I was mentioning before, I probably spent around two weeks to gather all the data about the uh, real estate market in, uh, in Sofia, in Bulgaria. Um, what I must say that is that it is not easy to gather all the data because uh, and the, you know the market is not very transparent and then there were multiple data sources from which I I had to go and then dig all the data um, the data sources include the municipality of Sofia the national registry um, agency national statistics institute Bulgarian central bank um, the you know the Association of Commercial Banks in Bulgaria, mm, few research companies that specialize uh, that specialize in producing reports for that uh, region, global property, um, few institutional listed players that have got properties in the residential space in Sofia and then produce annual reports. So first, let me share the fact that uh, there is a steady population growth in Sofia of uh, around 0.8 to 1%, mainly due to internal migration. At the same time, the city seems to be um, doing very well in attracting expat population over the last couple of years. Um, there is a consistent rate of uh, foreign direct investment in the city itself 
for the last 15 years, uh, which is about 12 billion euros. Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's 14, but as a good average, we can, as a good average point, we can take 12 billion euros, which means that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of foreign money that comes into the city and the city surroundings. And, you know, there could be all kinds of investments, be it manufacturing, be it, uh, um, you know, IT and then technology, be it telecommunications, so on and so forth. The GDP has been consistently rising uh, at 5% and above over the last six years. And even when the country was in a recession in 2008, in 2008 there was no um, negative growth in Sofia. It was rather one quarter positive, one quarter negative. Then when we look at the, uh, when we look at the number of construction permits, and then the, the period that I'm looking at at the moment, something that you're going to see, starts from 2005. It takes into consideration the last kind of boom and bust cycle, which ended at the end of 2007, I'd say. So the average of uh, new construction permits issued today, um, as we stand, it's about 300 on a quarterly 300 on a quarterly basis just to, to to give you an idea of how this compares with uh, the previous kind of boom cycle over there we were consistently above 350 and rather going towards 400 at certain points um, when we go further down and then we look at the number of residential properties um, in construction we can easily see the fact that uh, over the last, uh, I would say, eight years, there are two different and distinct periods. Everything from 2010 until the end of uh, third quarter of 2015, it's rather, you know, it's rather flattish and then we keep it below 500. And then after that, there is a significant uptick in the construction activity, especially from 2017 where we, where we pass above 2000 this essentially means that over the next 18 to 24 months there's going to be a lot of new built construct new built um, flats and apartments and townhouses whatever in the city which may negatively affect the prices the price growth at least to say the least uh, coupled with the raising interest rates but we will discuss this in a bit. So if I look at the number of overnight stays, I was mentioning that uh, Sofia is, uh, you know, tourism in Sofia has been booming. And then I, 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 here in front of my eyes, I do have a graph which essentially represents the number of overnight stays of both Bulgarian and foreign citizens in, in Sofia on a yearly basis from 2008 until the third quarter of 2018 so all i can say is that over the 11 year period um, there is a consistent growth at the moment uh, we stand at more than 750,000 foreign visitors uh, a year so that's for the first three quarters in 2018 and a, a rather you know consistently increasing but flattering number of bulgarian visitors um, in, in the city which is around 350 at the moment just for you to compare the lowest point in my graph is 2009 in 2009 
we had around 380,000 foreign visitors in uh, Sofia and then we had around 280,000 local visitors. Since then the figures have more than doubled. Then uh, we go on next and then we, we, we look at the average household revenue in, in Sofia in Bulgaria. Um, the period that we look at is again from, 20, uh, from 2008 until 2018. What we can see in that um, what we can see in that period is the fact that uh, there is um, you know there is a consistent growth of revenues. If uh, it was around 11,000 left in 2018, now we start we stay at more or less um, 18, 18 and a half to 20,000 on a yearly basis which uh, is an interesting figure because first it shows that revenues have doubled and then second it doesn't really take into uh, account all the you know cash payments that incur in places like that so uh, we could potentially assume without having certainty that real wages have grown even a little more than that uh, then if i go at the population scenario so uh, it is factual that uh, Bulgaria's population is declining. Bulgaria's population is declining. And um, the National um, Statistics Institute has produced a number of uh, scenarios for the population of Sofia, um, assuming that uh, the same trend grow, the same trend that we have at the moment. Uh, goes at the same speed, goes faster, and then goes more, and then goes slower. So it looks like that in 2035, Sofia is going to have slightly, you know, in the three case scenarios, is going to gain probably around 150,000 new residents at least. At least in the best case scenario, we are around, around 1.4. Worst is 1.35, and then. The other one is 137, which essentially means that over the next 15 years, we would need to, to, to build another average size town in Sofia in order, to, um, in order to accommodate all these people, right? So that's, uh, that, that's good news for the, for the property market. If we look at the, uh, if we look at the, uh, the statistics at how the population has grown historically until this date, until from, 20, um, from 2002, 2002, until 2018, each and every year, um, Sofia has got a bigger population. We have started at 1.1 million inhabitants, and then today we stand at point. Uh, at 1.24 so we have gained around 140,000 people over a period of 18 years which is a significant number of new residents then uh, let's have a look at the average housing prices in Sofia at uh, you know per square meter in euro so the good times were around 2000 over there uh, a price of property in, in Sofia was around 300 euros a square meter, which is fantastic given where today's prices are, uh, around 1,000 to 1,000, you know, slightly below 1,200. This is where we stand today. Um, just to give you an idea, in the previous cycle, well, we were above 1.2 in 2008, and over the last couple of, um, I mean, between 2012 until 2016, 
we were around 800, 850, and then it climbed up. It climbed up quite significantly over the last two years. So if we go uh, uh, and then uh, uh, we look at the average annual price growth, we can see that uh, uh, we had a, a few years of negative price growth, which is, which is good news for, for investors who are patient enough and then they're looking for, for the right moment to, to kind of buy. So you have um, negative price growth in, in 2010 of around uh, uh, kind of 11, 11%. Same uh, negative growth up to the end of 2011 with around 7%. That's a monthly statistic that I'm looking at. After that, through 2012 until 2013, is kind of flattish, probably slightly negative, minus uh, around minus one, minus two, and then at the end of the sec at the end of the second quarter of uh, 2013, we start to to have positive price growth. And then we go fast forward 2016, 2017, where we had you know double digit uh, on a quarterly basis, quite quite um, quite significant. And then we had a drop again, uh, 2018, which means that the market has heated, probably reached its peak, and now it starts going down. So let's see how strong the trend is gonna be. Then if we go and then look at the kind of uh, price to income ratio or the housing affordability in Sofia. So we can say easily that in 28 the price uh, kind of um, affordability was around you know was way higher than it is uh, than it is today and um, now we can see that it it has started to climb again and then we are around 1.5 whereas before it was around 3. So we are far from the previous peak. There is real demand, and then at the same time, there is you know there, there is a bit of speculation. This is where we are on the market at the moment. Then, if we go and eventually look at the um, you know uh, look at the uh, volume of uh, mortgages, we can see that from two thousand and 14 until 2008 the mortgage rates in Bulgaria have been going down and then the number of credits have you know has has grown significantly to up to 10% in 2018 on an annual basis so that's a significant thing to have in our mind when we construct our uh, when we construct our analysis and then when we um, when we try to understand the market and then probably choose a point of ent entry or we choose to wait or whatever uh, whatever we choose to do, uh, right? So the next thing that we're doing is we're going to go and then we're going to have a safe look on, uh, on a one-bedroom property price um, per square meter in the center of Sofia. So here I do have a graph which is for... Um, actually 17 no 16 years now so it's from 2003 and then it goes up to January 2019 so it's a significant period of time and then actually 16 years and then we can we can have a look that in 2003 a price per square meter was around 600 euros then it kept climbing 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 until the you know uh, probably June 
2008, where prices were averaging 1,600 euros a square meter, then steep right down until the end of 2009, uh, when prices were around 1,000 euros, then rebounded a bit, and it went to the bottom. And then the bottom was at the end of 2011, which was around 800 euros per square meter. After that, flattish, flattish, going up, going up, going up, uh, fast forward end of 2015, we were at 918, 970, 2016 at the end we were you know slightly above thousand, then 2017, uh, 2017 and the end we were above thousand two hundred, and now we are down back around you know thousand one hundred and fifty or some thousand uh, one hundred. This is where we stand at the moment. If I look at the rental price, so uh, uh, if I look at the um, hang on, at the at the price of the whole property in in, in of one bed property in the ideal center of Sofia. So from two thousand and three, it was around forty thousand euros. Fast forward two thousand and eight, it was one hundred and ten. Uh, twenty thirteen sixty, and then today is around eighty. So just to put things into perspective, uh, so that's a kind of generic statistic that uh, comes from probably the largest database of real estate in Bulgaria that can be found on the following website www.imot.bg. But this is something that you can see uh, on my blog and then you can also go and uh, see on my YouTube channel where you can click on the links and see what I'm talking about actually yourself. Uh, then if I look at the monthly rent, right? If I look at the monthly rent, it look, you know, the period in 2003 starts with a monthly rent of around 250 euros uh, for the same property that I was looking at, which is one bed in the Sofia city center. And then it goes up to 450 in 2008 then goes back down to the same kind of 250 level 2011 which was apparently a very very difficult year and it rebounds back to around 380 400 uh, where it is today from 2011 to 2018 it has gone from kind of 250 to around 400 so there's a there's quite a bit of a variation margin that that you need to consider when you do your financial modeling. Um, when we look at the price versus annual rent, we can, or the cap, essentially, or the yield or whatever, you can see that if you bought in 2008, your property would be paid off from its rent actually in 24, 25 years, and today it is slightly below 18 years. Best entry point in the market was back in 2005, or in 2013, where you could eventually get uh, get the property for uh, you know 14 times its annual rent. Then, if I go and I look at the number of properties that were offered uh, on the same website for um, city center of Sofia, of Sofia, you can see that there was a spike in the offerings. And around 2012 where the price where the rental price was low and then after that it goes down to the lowest possible level 
which is around um, you know the end of 2016 uh, at that point the rent uh, of the property that we were looking at was uh, something around I'd say uh, just one second something around 300 and then after that vacancies have gone up um, in 2015 in 2018 and 2019 and the rent has gone up which perhaps indicates that there is a strong demand uh, there is a strong demand right so if I go and then if I look at uh, uh, a two-bedroom property the, the 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 numbers are pretty much the the numbers are pretty much the same you have uh, pretty much the the same kind of uh, ratios that that you're looking at but uh, the the price for the property per square meter quite interestingly it's a bit higher so it's it's a bit higher it's around one three uh, euros per square meter at the moment and then at the peak it was still a bit higher which means that there's a, a lot of kind of family demand for two-bedroom homes rents however uh, and then this is an interesting one for for the people who are who are interested in, in in actually investing so if I go and I look at the rent the rent is slightly lower so the the, the rent is around today uh, it's around 350 and then at the lowest point it was 250 so it's pretty much like a you know like a one uh, one bedroom property uh, and then if I look at the cap rate is much lower right so it means that it's gonna take you it, it actually if I look at the graph it always took you more than 20 years to pay for your property there was no point where you could pay for less than 15 uh, even in 2003 it was it was above that so then let's have a look at the inflation right so the inflation rates in Bulgaria they've been um, you know they've been quite volatile uh, this is data that I took from tradingeconomics.com which comes from the National Statistics Institute but it's you know, presented in a better manner and then you will be able to see that on my YouTube channel as well as on my, uh, on my blog. So you can see that you have uh, quite a bit, uh, you have quite a bit of, uh, um, you know, volatility in the data. So if you look at uh, from 2006 to 2008, you had uh, you had an inflation which was a healthy five, then six, seven, and uh, around 10, 15 percent in 2008, and uh, then it went down to pretty much zero in 2010. Then it was slightly below five uh, from 2010 until 2014, when it went to the negative levels uh, until 2017, when we started having what is considered as a healthy level of inflation slightly below 5%. Then I do have a slide with the transaction purchase prices um, in Sofia for Q4 2018 that comes from a very uh, well-known real estate agent and then it it goes for each and every single um, kind of neighborhood of Sofia and then this is something that can be accessed uh, once again on, on my blog and then on my YouTube channel and then you can have a look at that. Uh, it pretty much shows you that the data that I have taken from uh, 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 bg is relevant uh, and then the average price is around um, depending where, depending what, etc. But it's give or take around 1000 euros, right? 1000, 1002, 
then um, if we look at the loans of the, 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 the construction sector, we can see that clearly from 2017 until, until today, there has been a lot of growth of the loans from commercial banks to the construction sector in Bulgaria, and then they average around 3 billion left. Uh, on a quarterly basis, which is a significant amount of money going into construction. Of course, we have to understand the fact that in Bulgaria, we there is a lot of infrastructure spending at the moment. There are a couple of motorways and a couple of huge rehabilitation uh, projects for the road and then a rail network of the country that are going on. However, there is a fair bit of money that goes into construction of residential buildings. Then I do have another slide with uh, uh, with the loans growth, which is from the National Bank, and then it looks more specifically at the housing loans. So we can see that in 2015, the growth of the housing loans was negative. Fast forward 2016, there is a significant spike, and then the growth of housing loans in 2018 is uh, around 10% which is huge and it is to be considered it is to be understood that uh, you know because of the excessive liquidity in the banking sector of Bulgaria the the credit standards are falling which brings me to my next slide uh, and then this clearly it, it once again comes from the central bank from the Bulgarian national bank and it shows that the credit standards uh, of the commercial banking institutions in Bulgaria have clearly gone down with around 25 to 30 percent in 2017 uh, and then rebounded slightly in 2018 and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of demand for housing loans right there was a, a, a lot of demand you see on the graph it's uh, very interesting to, to look at these numbers and understand what drives the uh, what drives the market then I have a chart which shows the you know the the deposit rates available to consumers from the banking sector and then this once again comes from uh, from the national bulgarian bank uh, from the bulgarian national bank sorry and then we can see that in 2014 in you know the the kind of deposit rates that consumers and and, and companies were available to get from uh, um that that consumers were available to were available to consumers from different kind of uh, from different kind of banking institutions were you know uh, were at around four percent right and then gradually it went down to zero and even even negative for 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 some uh, corporate for some corporates especially in euro or in Swiss. then. If we go and then look at the rates on the housing loans, we can see that in 2014 they were kind of, uh, um, you know, seven, eight-ish, and then it went down to 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 basically uh, much less than that, around two and a half at the moment. And then we can see that there is a spike in employment in the in in the next slide. So. Uh, there, there's a lot of job vacancies uh, in Bulgaria and then in Sofia in particular around 20,000 a month which is which is huge um, then if we look at the house price index which is another chart that I have prepared here for you you, you can look that uh, 
actually the existing housing is very very resilient and then the existing housing prices they, they remain you know that they're the ones that benefit the most from the growth the ones that uh, does not benefit that much is the actual new housing perhaps reflecting the fact that uh, people are not confident uh, with the quality of the of the new built properties in Bulgaria and then I can understand that because when you go and see the I think that this is a very reflective chart uh, to be honest and then if we go and we look at the number of transactions that have happened in Sofia so here I have a chart from uh, uh, from the National Registry Agency that takes into consideration all the transactions that happened up to Q2 2018 and then we can clearly see that uh, first Q1 is a slow quarter uh, and then second the average kind of number is around five to six seven thousand these days but it goes down um, it, it goes down so that's uh, that's a good thing to have in mind in mind then I have another slide that kind of shows the SOFIBOR so the SOFIBOR is the interbank lending rate that used to be used uh, for, like LIBOR uh, for um, the variable mortgages the highest point was in November 2008 and it was around 7-8-9% plus, plus your margin of the mortgage and then today it's around zero, slightly negative if today your mortgage is around 4% at 78 and it becomes 11-12 which is a huge huge amount uh, and then this is something that it is to be considered when you do your stress testing so your RIBOR pretty much highly correlated with the SOFIBOR however uh, we can see that the, the the spikes are less steep simply because of the the, the you know the euro liquidity that the central bank can inject at each and every single point in time in the banking system then uh, when I look at the uh, the lending rate of Bulgaria it's, it's a really funny chart and then uh, I would uh, I would highly advise you to go to cedata.com and then and I look at it if you're serious about uh, getting something in Bulgaria. So I looked over a period of, uh, you know, 26 years from 1992 until today. Uh, and then um, what is interesting is that uh, we have seen interest rates in Bulgaria in, at the end of the 1996, beginning of 1997, of around 1,000%. So this is when we had a banking crisis and this was before the um, before the peg was introduced so this is something to, to to be looked at and to be aware of the kind of risk of the country right uh, then we go and then we look at the policy rate the highest policy rate ever recorded in recent Bulgarian history is 300 percent which coincides with the 1200 percent when the banking crisis happened in 1990 in 1997 uh, then we go um, further and then there is a graph which is interesting uh, showing the Bulgarian home ownership rate uh, and then this home ownership rate kind of uh, demonstrates the fact that when there is a boom in the economy and then there is a boom in the real estate prices home ownership goes up so this is what happened in uh, you know 2008 home ownership rate was around 87 percent it has been gradually going down until 2016 when it was 82 percent um, if we look at the uh, housing stats and then the number of buildings started pretty volatile chart showing the seasonality of the business in Bulgaria the winter is harsh so there are not many buildings being built in winter uh, if we look for the last eight years 
we can see that in 2017 and then in 2018 in the summer there is a huge amount of new buildings that were started more than more than thousand these are the highest in the chart that i can frankly see at the moment uh, then so these were all statistics right so there, there was a lot of information which was presented and then can eventually lead you to to um, to, to understand where the market is at the moment so uh, let's look at the value drivers right so what can be the value drivers in Sophia so this is our own uh, analysis for for our own purposes and then we have determined that uh, location is a key thing and then I think this is kind of universal all around the world is pretty much the same thing if you have if you pick up a good location it makes sense and it your investment is always going to do well uh, it's one of the four piece of, of the general marketing theory then you know infrastructure spent is a huge thing right if you buy in a neighborhood where you, you know it expects that there's there's going to be a new build or a new metro station being built highest appreciation possibilities um, then demographics demographics are key and then local demographics are key in which neighborhood you want to invest that's uh, as a very it's a very kind of um, important then you, you have your local supply and demand your interest rates of course is, you know it's a key key thing where you are in the economic cycle so as i mentioned that we are already at the peak or not far so this is something to be considered the government policies and subsidiaries uh, although bulgaria is a market economy there is a lot of uh, government uh, kind of players that go and then can change the market very very easily also you need to look at your building quality um, remember when I was talking about uh, the price of new build and then the price of existing uh, kind of real estate the prices of existing real estate were far more resilient than the ones of new build this shows you something have that in mind and of course get the cap rate or your annual yield calculation in terms of the investment recommendations that we came up uh, uh, for ourselves this is something that I'm not going to share uh, the reason for that is that first I do not want and then our company um, is first private we don't want to give any uh, investment advice to, 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 to anyone but once you have the facts you can probably deduct what would be a good investment and then what you know what you need to do to find a good investment um, in terms of stress testing and scenarios we can deduct that there are viable investments in uh, in in the central part of, of Sofia, that can withstand up to kind of two hundred and fifty basis points on the um, on the interest rate, but this need need to be found. There is also a spreadsheet that I built, and then uh, uh, this is something that you can of course uh, drop me an email about, and I'll send it to you so you can play with the numbers yourself. Well, I think this is it for today. Uh, we have looked at the at a number of things so let's recap kind of quickly so we looked first at uh, uh, the real estate investments versus other investments what are the benefits and advantages and disadvantages so we looked also how you can value real estate i mentioned uh, why at bmg capital we look at uh, the residential real estate uh, in sofia in bulgaria obviously we are kind of from bulgarian origin so that's one of the drivers as well i must admit 
and then the entry point is not that uh, that high so then i shared quite quite a bit of statistics and uh, quite a bit of the daunting analysis that i did myself uh, going and finding uh, all these statistics from the various uh, state agencies and various uh, uh, kind of data providers that i consulted um, and then uh, i mentioned what is uh, what could be a good uh, investment scenario right so thank you very much for, for, for listening. Hope to hear your feedback. Do go and visit www.borisgrozev.com where you will be able to see the whole article and then all the links and, uh, and everything is going to be there. And then also go and check my uh, YouTube channel at uh, BMG Capital where you're going to be able to see all the PowerPoint that I went through today. Once again, thank you for listening.